The following is a Joel Mahalik production. Live from the Network Operations Center of QIB Radio Network, welcome to Tech Talk, the show where we turn geek speak into everyday language. Have a question? Call us. Our number is 443-836-0171. Now, without further translation, here is your host of Tech Talk, Chief Linguist Joel Mahalik. Good evening and welcome to Tech Talk Live. My name is Joe Mahalik. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for stopping in and having a listen. And maybe you'll walk away with a little bit of knowledge that you were looking for. And if you are looking for our knowledge or a question, you can always uh, ring us up at 443-836-0171 here at the show. You can drop us an email, techtalk at qibradionetwork.com. And by the way, qybradionetwork.com, that's where you can go also to listen to the show, the podcast, see the show notes, find out what we talked about, but uh, various ways that you can get in touch with us. You can also join us at facebook.com, just look up Tech Talk Live, and you shall see it. So, welcome to the program, with me tonight, as usual, if I'm the chief technology linguist and the chief technological note taker is my good friend Ron on the other side of the desk there. Ron, good evening, sir. How are you? Good evening, Joel. Good evening, everyone in Radio Land. Happy Tech Wednesday. Oh, I'm techie today. For whatever that means. You are techie today. That's good. You sound very techie today. Techie. Yes, techie. Techie, techie. Pencil, nice pen holder in my pocket. We're all the set. pocket protector. Hell yeah! There all we right. go. Now, see, I'm helping you out because I'm the chief linguist. All right, pocket protector, not pencil holder. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pencil holder. Do you remember back huh. in the day when we had pencil boxes in school? Yes, I, I remember <laughs> the good old fashioned lunch boxes. As a man, yeah, the yeah the metal lunch boxes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Awesome how, how geeky is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, on, also, uh, this show would not be possible without the efforts of our producer, executive producer, and engineer, uh, Tony Richards from Reality One Radio. We good appreciate evening, all he does. Good evening, Tony. So here's geekiness for you. Uh, I have in my shed... A lot of old computer equipment. I'm the kind of computer guy that can't throw anything away. Maybe you know someone like that. I don't know. Yeah, I got so many sets upstairs. Well, there you go. And <laughs> I have the same problem. At, I, I have the same problem at work too. I have a 750 square foot shop office, and a lot of old stuff in there too. And um, I'm constantly being told to clean the off, clean up my office, and get rid of stuff. And it's hard for me to part with because I'll, I'll, I'll look at something and go, I might need this at some point. But now it's to the point where, you know, like, you know when you throw out all of your Dell Dimension 3000s, and now it's time to let go of the Dimension power supplies, Dimension uh, uh, RAM and things you were... So anyways, but, but that's at work. I'm, I, I am working through that, and I'm also trying to work through this compulsive disorder of saving junk, computer junk, 
in my shed, as my wife requested. So I have in my shed, and I brought it. I have a handful here in the studio, so you can hear. This is the, mm-hmm. the, this is how you see it. This is how you see it. You hear it. Memory RAM, memory RAM, and sometimes I look at it and I go, "Well, here's a matching, you know, uh, a, a matching set of one gig, a matching set of five twelve. I should be able to sell these." And I tried, and I can't. I tried putting them out there, and it's not like I'm making some major campaign uh, because you know it's expensive. It's expensive mm-hmm. to sell this for twenty bucks on eBay and then have to pay the eBay fees and whatnot. So I'm like, I'm getting ready to throw them out. And I say, oh, you, you know, I, it, it really is a disorder I have. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm holding them over the trash can. I cannot let go of them. What will I do with these? Well, I'll tell you what I did. And I will post a picture tonight on Tech Talk Live. <laughs> I took one. Now, I don't have the tools to do this. But I'm looking at this and I'm going, you know, I could slip a key ring through that and make it a keychain. That would be a pretty neat keychain, right? <clears throat> but then I'm looking at it going, well, all the corners, are, they'll hurt because they're squared off. It'll hurt you. you. Put that in your pocket, ouch. And it's so big. You know, that would really, it would be awkward in your, par- in your pocket because it's about four, four, eight, four to five inches long. I don't have a ruler on me, mm-hmm. I don't think. No, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was talking to a colleague at work. And he has um, a grinder, a bench grinder, in his shed. I said, really? I said, well, let me tell you what I'm thinking about doing. And he says, you know what? Let me have one. So I give him one. And after the weekend, he comes back. And he cut he, he cut the chip in half, rounded off the four corners. Well, actually, it would be eight corners now because it's two pieces. Right. Drilled a bigger hole and slipped a key ring through the corner of both of them. And now they are keychains. That's wonderful. And I will post a photo tonight on Tech Talk Live oh of of the key ring on my keys, all my work keys. <laughs> and you and, know what? You could probably go to a flea market and make a mint on these things. Well, you know what? I gave them a handful today. And said, here you go. And you never know. You're absolutely right. You know, go to a flea market, spend five bucks on a table. And sit there and do that. A memory keychain. Yes, a memory keychain. Can you take your memory with you? Well, listen, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. For the geek that has everything, increase your memory. There you go. Yeah. How's that? Right? Yes. Bingo! There you go. <laughs> huh. So maybe I'll even sell. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm already thinking of about a five dollar price tag. You know? You might, oh, you just, you might be able to get it for more if the right geek comes by. Oh yeah, definitely. So I figure you get it collected, I, you get cleaned out, and then you go steal more. I mean. Well, uh, I, well, I'm figuring I have probably between by the time we cut them down, probably a hundred to 150 keychains. Or, or if you take the if you don't put a key ring on it, you can slip a ornament hook through it and hang it on your tree. Oh my goodness! 
Christmas ornament. I ha- I actually have a picture of, of the other, the second one. I actually took the key ring off and I hung it on my little Christmas tree that's up 365 days a year in my office. <laughs> so I will share these pictures on Tech Talk Live. And, of course, if you'd like one, you can contact us at techtalk at qibradionetwork.com. And we will absolutely ship one to you. You pay the postage, which will be, what, like $1.50, and we'll drop one in the mail to you. Five bucks. So, is that geeky or is that geeky? Have I really geeked out this time or what? Yeah. Okay. It's good, though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I do appreciate that. You always take your adult dimensions and sell them for doorstops. And now we'll be donating them, the ones that work. I'm only getting rid of stuff in my shed. Because I also have... Okay. I also have a overload of blank CDs, and who uses them anymore? So I'm thinking, how much will it cost me to turn each one into a little clock? Get a little cheap clock piece, go right through the center, put two feet on it, boom. But anyway. I see you both think I'm crazy now, so. Well, we've known that for years, but that's beside the point. Anyway... So moving on from my entrepreneurial ways, uh, (laughs) let's talk about a security advisor for this week. And this one is not from Mr. Ron's desktop, because he didn't send me one. You're slacking, Ron. I didn't get one. Oh, okay. (laughs) So this would just be from the show's desktop, whatever. There you go. Uh, we posted this, I believe, on Tech Talk Live. We also posted on the posted it on the Delaware Valley Tech Rescue Facebook. Uh, in recent weeks, there's been a lot of hubbub about the uh, cloud <clears throat> password storing cloud business LastPass, L-A-S-T-P-A-S-S. Well, they were hacked. So um, uh, basically, the intrusion reportedly happened uh, uh, last Friday afternoon. So this will be a second attack, I think. Um, or let me check the date of this. Okay, so I was right two weeks ago. Okay, two weeks ago, Friday afternoon, uh, we did because I, I, I was thinking we did post this last week. What do you mean it just happened Friday? Yeah. Um, many users are only finding out about this in the past few days to a week, which is a little uncharacteristic. Usually, when a company gets hacked, they tell they tell all their users right away, but everyone's being advised to change your master password. So if you're a member of LastPass, if you're a member of this cloud-based password storage tank for holding your passwords, you need to change your master password now. Now, the company believes that throughout their investigation, they are saying that they believe master passwords are hacked, but they don't believe any passwords that were being stored inside the accounts have been hacked. So you can take that for what it's worth and take it with a grain of salt and make your own decision. But, you know, and and so this also sparked a question. I thought maybe I'd invite Tony into the conversation as well and maybe talk to my panel here. And, of course, you know, you can check in with Facebook or emails. What do you think? How, what do you do about your passwords? Not, like, how do you store them so you don't forget them? Like, Like, I know... I know what I do. 
you know, uh, I know some people just keep a Word document in their computer. I know some people um, keep them. Uh, I actually know somebody who has over 200 passwords, and he has them on an Excel sheet. And then he, when he prints out the Excel sheet every time he updates a password, then he puts it on a, um, a copier and shrinks it down, and then laminates it, and it goes in his uh, like his day timer. That sounds so, like work. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but I guess my my first part of my question, Ron, I'll start with you. Would you store your passwords on a password a password storing cloud-based system? No. Why not? I have them strategically placed <laughs> where if I ever need them, I can find it. I'm not trusting anything with my passwords. Not right. a not a no. Okay. You Fair know, th that's even just like with your friend, not to interject too soon. No, that's all right. I, I would never put it in my wallet just in case, you know, things would go. I mean, I, I guess there's ways of grouping it so you would know what they were and no one else. But like I said, I, I wouldn't want them out anywhere. Right, right. Because, you know, like, um, what I try to do is is I maintain, I try to, and, I, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. I try to maintain a certain number of passwords for everything. In other words, no matter how many things I have out there I need a password for, I try to say it's one of these six. And then... The six passwords are extremely long because I've been hacked. I've been hacked before, so, and some of you that know me know that that was a, a nightmare. Mm -hmm. three, day, three days and three nights of a nightmare, gaining control of all my accounts. But so at, at that point, I went to 28 or more alphanumeric special symbol type passwords. And they make sense to nobody but me, which makes it easy for me to remember. In other words, a lot of people over the years have given me ideas on how you can have a long password. Well, this is what makes sense to me. And then that's when it hit me. Well, if I develop four or six passwords that are totally crazy, but crazy in a way that would give you a headache if I told you what it was, but me, I just, you know, I'm bop, 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 ripping them out because they their sequence makes sense to me. But the problem over the years has become... Certain websites start wanting certain criteria. Now, my password would normally meet every criteria, but then you run into a place that says, well, we don't want symbols. Mm -hmm. Well, how then how secure are you? Mm -hmm. You know, usually the minimum is eight, which is good because I use 28 or more. But then I'm running into a problem where they go, well, we don't want symbols. Okay, well, now you're changing the whole fabric of my password schematic. You know, and I'm not saying there should be a standard across the board, but there should be at least that. Like, you can have any combination of alpha, numeric, special symbols. Well, there's some that don't even take as many as you use, it's 28, some more right. stuff like that, 12 or something. That's another thing, which is why I only have like a half a dozen. And then I don't have to write my passwords down anywhere. 
So before I move on to uh, Tony with the same question I gave to Ron, uh, uh, you know, Ron, is that something that you think is a good idea? Having a couple of real strong passwords that you don't have to write down anywhere and then using them across the board. Yeah. I mean, if <laughs> you train yourself well enough to remember it without a doubt, yeah. Right. I think so, too. All right. Uh, Tony, over to you. First of all, Tony, would you use or do you use a password storing cloud-based system? Um, we have used um, last pass, um, in the past, especially for, like, uh, family matters, like when, uh, when my parents passed away, it just made sense for my brother and sister and I to help maintain access to the accounts on us by having like a master password where we didn't have to worry about, you know, what password do we use for this utility or that bank account or, you know, we, as long as we had the master password, you know, then each, each one of us could get into the accounts if we needed to without having to call somebody and say, hey, what's the password for this one? So, um, but it was secure. It was definitely a long password. It was something that made sense to us. It wouldn't make sense to anybody else. I think that's the best schematic to use on a password. Um, just go just go crazy, but it should mean something to you. In my case, what I do with a lot of the websites that I'm on is I've configured an algorithm that makes sense to me, but it also... Um, you know, as we say, well, how do you remember the algorithm well, or the password? Well, the algorithm is also based partially on the actual website name. So that way, you know, the formula still remains the same, but each password is going to be unique because it's also made up of characters that are part of the domain name of the website. Yeah, you had told me about that uh, algorithm before that you used, and... Yeah, I thought it was a good idea, and, and, and it is somewhat to mine, like, as far as the algorithm goes. I don't use websites, but I use other things, uh, and, 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 you know. <laughs> but, I mean, at least, you... that, but at least that way, I know what it's, as long as I can remember the formula, you know, the password's always going to be readily available to me. Right. You know, because all I got to do is look at the, main, at, at the website and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have to be, you know, whatever. So, Ron, what are you laughing at? I just, you know how I think. I can only imagine what things, you know, you come up with, that's all. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> interest, interesting enough, maybe they ought to start calling themselves Lost Past instead of Last Past, but... Uh, so if you're a LastPass user, log on, change your master account password. That's what they're saying you need to do. Yeah, I got the email. Oh, no. But I think I, I think you should take it upon yourself. And, and Tony, since you're a user of LastPass, I mean, what would your take be on whether or not you uh, go to the accounts that you are storing and change those passwords as well? I've done that on some of the more... Sensitive accounts. I'll, I'll use that term. Um, some of the, some of the more mundane ones. I'm, yeah, I, if somebody gets into them, I don't really, I don't say I don't care. But some of the ones that you know out there that um, 
don't have sensitive information like, you know, like credit card information or anything like that. I don't, you know, I wouldn't necessarily care if they, as much as they got into those, they're mostly like chat sites or things like that. But, uh, and he's got a credit card link to it or something that I've gone back and right. changed those as, as a precaution. But LastPass has always seemed to be a pretty secure site. Um, and, you know, they've had a pretty good track record of protecting information. So right. it might just uh, be a glitch, you know, and hopefully they can lock it down and figure out what happened. And, right. you know, I mean, I I saw the news story about it, and the day after I got an email from them telling, you know, me to change my password. So it wasn't like a week later they said, oh, by the way, we thought you should know that last week we got hacked. So Right. You know, so they're, they're, they're being pretty proactive about it with their, with their clients. Gotcha. And finally, on that note, LastPass is also reminding uh, their clients that if they used their master passwords as a password on any other site, make sure that you change the password on those sites as well. So that's just an additional precaution because some people do that, as we said. Some people use the same long password or the same tough password on multiple sites and so that's an important thing to keep in mind um elsewhere uh that i want to talk about tonight in security so to speak is last week we mentioned on the way out the door uh about the microsoft security updates and and how you may have noticed that this month there was uh quite a few critical ones uh also that uh, flash player uh had an update and it's uh, it's important if you did not, and shame on me, slap my hand, I just did mine tonight, uh, update your Flash player, uh, because what happened was, basically, according to HelpNet Security, it took less than a week for a functional exploit for a recently patched Adobe Flash player vulnerability uh, to be added to the Magnitude Exploit Kit. According to Trend Micro, uh, basically, uh, the new the new patch that went in last week, uh, within days, was able to deliver ransomware to computers by way of the Flash Player. Yeah, and we've talked about talked about ransomware uh, before. Uh, so, basically, if you haven't since Super Tuesday. When you got the Microsoft updates, and then you got that Flash player that needed an update, you need to update your Flash player again. And let me remind you that if you you don't use Internet Explorer, which is a very wise decision, and you're using Chrome or Firefox, and you're probably thinking, but Joel, Flash player is embedded in those browsers, and they take care of themselves. That's correct, but you still want to download and install the Flash Player. That way you have it for other things on your computer that may use Flash, and for the rare case that you may end up using an Internet Explorer. You want the whole thing protected. Because you have the ActiveX, which basically your Chrome and Firefox use the, the, the trimmer versions. But then you have the component version. So you want to make sure you got that. And I'm telling you that because I had a new one available for the last couple of days, and I just got it downloaded tonight and installed and rebooted the computer. 
I don't want anybody to be out in the cold on this. The last thing you want to do is wind up with ransomware, I guarantee you. I would guarantee you that 99.9% .9 of you listening, including myself, are not prepared if you got hit with ransomware tonight. I guarantee it. So you always want to make sure you're updating things like that. Keep your Java updated. When your computer pops up and says there's a Java update, you got to take it. Because that could be just as critical as well. Yeah, you know, these kinds of viruses look for vulnerabilities in the Java system, in the Flash player, in the Shockwave player, in the browsers. Any way that they can get in, they will find a way in. Yep. Just make sure, too, that when you install some of these to watch what is automatically installed along with it. Right, attached. Yeah, we had mentioned that before, too. Make sure you take those tick marks out unless you want all those toolbars and things. Yeah. Uh, Trend Micro uh, also says, quote, we recommend a user stay up to date with the latest Flash Player version, and this incident is an excellent reminder of just how important it is to do so. We also note that Google Chrome automatically updates its own included version of Flash Player. Funny, I hear an echo. I just said that. And so, uh, there's that. So, do it. Just do it. Keep yourself protected at all times. Finally, my Skype has logged me in. It only started signing me in at 7.57 Eastern <laughs> Time. And now it's 8.25. So, 28 minutes for the sign-in screen to go away. And now I'm getting my Skype messages. Welcome. Rem remember, folks, <laughs> Microsoft buys it, Microsoft breaks it. That's how it works. <laughs> I guess you wound up doing the upgrade, or did you? And maybe it did it on its own. I don't know. Yeah, but usually what I find when I had to do an upgrade with Skype, I had to actually quit the program and then reopen it before it actually lets me log in. I don't know why people ask me all the time. They say, you must really hate Microsoft. I don't know what gives them that impression. I really don't. <laughs> you know, I'm just a man on a mission, you know, trying to help my fellow man. But anyway, uh, so uh, the show's phone number, folks, 443-836-0171, 443-836-0171. Email me at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. I'll look in on the email during the break, and I'll also check our Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com and just look up Tech Talk Live, and you can post there as well. And uh, one last reminder before we go to break, I did manage, as busy I've been, you can also find the Tech Talk Live, and uh, maybe I'll post it on the show notes too. I'll have to check. Definitely a link, if not the whole thing. But I did get the op-ed article written about if you're still using Windows XP. So if you're still using Windows XP... There are some things you can do to stay on that beautiful operating system. It's so sexy, that Windows XP. Uh, so you can check that out as well. Uh, we'll be back with more Tech Talk Live coming up after this on the queue. Don't go anywhere. Tech Talk will return after this short break. So I use my computer every day. I'm not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. 
Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com. Streaming 24 hours, 7 days a week. You're listening to Full Gamut Radio at fgrn.net. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. Hey, there's my son. Hey, Dad. Um, what's wrong with your voice? There is nothing wrong with my voice. Well, it's just sort of... Hello, Dad. Susan? Guys, I think it's about time to get in the car and maybe see some green things. What are these green things you speak of? This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. TalkSuperstation.com Talk Spoken Here I'm Alec Baldwin. Like any parent, I'm concerned about children's health. Many kids don't eat as they should and are at risk for long-term health problems like diabetes and heart disease. But here's good news. Fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and other low-fat vegetarian foods can protect our kids and keep the rest of the family healthy, too. For a free booklet, call the Physician's Committee for Responsible Medicine at 1-877-685-KIDS or visit www.kidsgethealthy.org. Back to Tech Talk Live. I'm Joel Mahalik. I welcome you here 443 836 0171. Tech Talk at That is the place to go. If you have an uh, email you want to send us, question, computing question, that's how you do it. Do it to it. That's how you do it. And I actually did not get to check the Facebook page because the silly Facebook wants me to log in all the time. I don't get it why it won't save the browser. So I'll, I'll get it figured out. But here, you know, here's another thing that bothers me about Facebook. Once in a while, it used to be, once in a while. No, that's good. Uh, they would change my news feed. I have my news feed set on most recent, and then like every couple of weeks, I would notice that it was on top stories. 
And the way you recognize that, if you're not sure, is if you keep going to your homepage and you're like, why is this story still at the top? The most popular stuff go to the top. Well, now, I am not kidding you. I have to change it when I sit down at my computer in here. And then if I go out, if I'm sitting out in the living room and I'm working on my laptop and I happen to go to Facebook, I have to change it again on on my laptop. And then if I open it up at work, i got to change it at work. And if I come home, it's the vicious cycle again. It's every time I log on. And I just think that's extremely rude and inconsiderate of Facebook to not maintain the setting that I that I set. <laughs> yeah, you would think. I, huh. you know, I know you probably don't come across as much, Ron, because I know you don't hang out on Facebook. The one reason I don't, they change my settings constantly, so you know. <laughs> Privacy settings totally change, you know, by themselves. I don't know how. Yeah, how'd that happen? I have no idea. How weird is that? Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. How weird is that? So, I, I, I'm just, you know, do I sound like I'm, getting, I'm a little fed up about it? Well, I am a little fed up about it. I don't want my preferences changed every time you sneeze. Pretty much. Yeah, I must have cleared my browsers because none of my browsers will pick up on it. Now, if I were to sign into Facebook, here's the problem. If I were to sign into Facebook while I'm on the show, doing a show and talking to you lovely people and sharing technology stuff, then I would have to get a ping to my cell phone because I'm so security conscious that no one's allowed to log into my account unless you get the text to the assigned phone and enter said code from said text from said phone back into the browser. Uh, I'm a little anal with my security. And that's just going to bother the show. It interrupts the show. So I will not be able to collect your Facebook messages right now because I don't want to have to take that time away from you. Because right now it's your time. That sound good? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent mundo. Yeah. <sighs> So let's talk uh, Windows 10. We got some uh, th- uh, a thing or two to talk about Windows 10. Windows 10 has become as clear as mud with the way that uh, they are explaining how this is just going to work with you know the free for the first year. It seems like every couple of days. They're changing what they mean by that. And then when it's changing, it's different people. It's not like the same spokesperson. It's different people changing the way things are going to work. And pretty soon, we're stuck here going, well, we can't see clearly now about this. It's turned into this thing. And... uh, and so, I mean, we posted the latest news, the latest story on Tech Talk Live at Facebook on the Windows 10 situation to ex- and posted the story so you could get some sort of some sort of picture of what's going on. But it's like they're adding all these terms and conditions as to what version you will get for free in that first year. 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm to the point where uh, when it gets released on July 29th, will they even have it figured out? And you might notice in the corner of your windows, down by the clock, if you're running Windows 7 or Windows 8, you might see a little Windows 10 symbol. It's, it looks like the Windows symbol, but it's all white. And if you click that, which I'm not going to click that, if you click it, it kind of registers you for Windows 10, so you can get it for free. And what that means is that at some point on or after July 29th, it will automatically update your computer. This is how I understand it. Okay, it will update your computer to Windows 10. Microsoft is uh, sort of swearing that in the first year they're going to put Windows 10 on a billion machines. And I thought when I first heard that, that's a pretty brazen remark, Microsoft. Windows XP has a 25-point-something market share. And that's with Windows 7 and Windows 8 and Windows 8.1 all being very active, supported operating systems. And now I think I know how they plan to do that. They're enticing you with that. Get Windows 10. You click it, it registers you for it, and it kind of tells their server to go ahead and push this update to you on or after the 29th of July's release date. And I think that's sort of, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Presumptuous on their part to think that anybody would just want this thing right out of the box. I don't want it out of the box. And I have to tell you something, after reading the latest news about how they're they're making all kinds of terms and conditions about how you're going to get your free version because I originally figured within six to eight months after this release, I would take one of my computers and flip it and then maybe my computer at work and flip it. That way I, I sort of become the guinea pig at work and kind of see what it's all about. And at this point, I'm sort of feeling like I'm being left out in the cold by Microsoft as usual over all of this confusion, and now I don't think I want Windows 10 until, I, until I'm forced into it, if I don't find another route to go. And what I mean by that is I'm even, I actually, I have a, a MacBook now. It's an old MacBook, but it's still, it's still current as far as Mac goes. And I'm toying around with it. So Microsoft is liable to, as a personal user, as a personal consumer, to lose me. And at work, I'll hold off as long as I can to Windows 7. I mean, I should... When you first hear this news and you read this and they say, well, they're giving it away for free for the first 12 months, and you feel like, wow, they're so confident. They're so confident that I, maybe I should get in on that on that bandwagon. I should feel good about this. And I was. I was like, I'm going to be the one. I will be I will be the one who gives this a shot. I will I will take it for the team at work. You know, I and I had my cape on and everything, Ron. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and now I'm just like it's the same old Microsoft. 
Mm-hmm. And now when I find out, when I read more with some of the insiders that I follow on Twitter and whatnot, and I'm reading more into what this little flag means by the clock, and the fact that Microsoft is boasting we will have it on one billion machines in the first year, it's because they're going to shove it down your throat. They're going to force the market share to Windows 10. And that's not the way to go about it. You know, because this whole thing with the free Windows 10 and the fact that it's going to be, according to Microsoft, the last operating system, they will just keep improving on that. Uh, this all started because they wanted to be more like Apple, but they're, they're going to fall short of that. Apple, you know, because Apple now did the same thing with, their, with the latest version. I think it started with Leopard. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. So if there's Mac users out there, please don't crucify me. Please, please, please. I'm a bleeder. But, so I think it was Leopard. And when they hit that, they were like, that's it. We're just going to keep upgrading it for free. We're not going to charge you for updates anymore. If we're, gonna, if we're making major changes and changing the names or whatever, you're just going to get it. So Microsoft's trying to be like that, but all of a sudden I feel like we're falling short. All of a sudden I feel like we're going back into Microsoft land, a.k.a. the land of the lost. So read that article if you'd like. It's on Tech Talk Live. Uh, I will provide the link tonight. I think I can remember to do that. I provide the link tonight uh, so you can take a look at just how clear they're being on what version will you get. And then they're saying that the best versions, the fully uh, the fun- the fully updated versions, will only go to Microsoft Insiders, registered insiders. And then the registered insiders will get priority over the updates that come out. Because obviously, since four weeks before the release, they're still pumping updates into this beta test one that's out there. It's I'm, I'm just starting to feel like it's going to be a nightmare. I'm, my prediction is, is that in the first couple of weeks of Windows 10 being released, we're going to find out that it's, it, it, it's falling right on its ass. That's, that's my prediction. That's what I think. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. I'm glad I haven't registered yet, to be honest with you, after hearing this. <sighs> Tony, you have any thoughts on the Windows 10 thing? Because I know as far as being my executive producer and my engineer of everything, uh, you know, like I know you were testing Mac out for studio use and, and you had some issues there. And I'm just wondering, I, I, I'd love to get your opinion on uh, on the whole Windows well, 10 thing as far you know, as you're concerned. It, it, it's funny, but when I moved from XP over to 7, I found that some of the stuff here at Reality One uh, didn't work. And part of it was because some of the broadcast software that I use, the software developer said that Microsoft keeps changing things, and until they can get some kind of stable platform, the software developers were not even going to start supporting 7 uh, because Windows keeps changing things every two seconds, and I'm still having those issues. I've had to go to a cloud-based uh, DJ player here for, for the radio station. Because on, of it. Um, on, on what version? On 7. Um, on, on 7? Wow. And uh, even 
eight is, you know, again, uh, still a problem for uh, some of the some of the DJ software platforms. Yeah, I, I understand that. Right, and, and with ten, you know, the, the the jury is definitely still out on a lot of this stuff, and you know, nobody knows. You know, the, the more and more forums that I read, everybody's saying. If you can stay with XP, even though it's an older platform, you know, just protect yourself as best you can and stay with it because we don't know what's going to happen, either that or now uh, one of the things I use, Spatial Audio, is gone to a cloud-based DJ player because if they can support that and know that it's running on their systems as opposed to having the... Uh, the user, you know, they just went out and spent $300 on their broadcast software package. Right, right. Can't right. use it anymore. So, you know, it, it, it's crazy. But, I mean, you know, until Microsoft can get um, on the bandwagon and come up with consistently functioning software that is going to work across the board no matter what version they throw at us, you know, people in our industry anyway, are going to look at it and say, like, I want to go with something that's, that's going to work, whether it be Linux or, or something else. Yeah, and that's interesting. Uh, I, I do like Linux. There's a lot of different distributions of Linux, and I often wondered if, uh, if we could get away with something like that, you know, for uh, network purposes. So instead of going... And, and like it's funny because the way I describe it, like we, you know, all of our old computers from the old fleet were selling back to employees if they want it. Unfortunately, it has Windows XP, or whatever's left will probably donate to a charity who can use computers. But uh, the way I explain it at work is, you know, they have XP. Some of these machines are newer, so some of them can be uh, upgraded forward to Windows Seven. And the way I put it is where you can go, I don't want to say or go backwards to Linux. I, I say or use another option such as Linux. Uh, I use Linux on my, my personal laptop here at home, and I can do a lot of the things that I need to do with it, which is mostly cloud-based, so that's great. But then I think to myself, could we actually use Linux? And, and like I use Linux Ubuntu, so could we use uh, a Linux some other distro? I don't, I'm not familiar with all of them, but as a replacement for what we're doing here, I would say I'm not sure about you, Tony, because you actually run the command of it all. Uh, I prob probably could, unless like I know uh, our mixing board for the sound over here in this studio, I know has to go into a computer. USB is recognized, but then the problem is, will Linux recognize the built-in sound card to the mixer here? And if that worked, I know that I could flip over to Linux, Ubuntu, because I'm not doing everything you're doing. Everything that I'm doing on my end, other than this mixer having to have its sound card, USB sound card, recognized, I'm functioning in this studio by way of the cloud again. So it comes down to, what do I do on a daily basis? So not to get too technical with the studio and stuff and get right back on track. So it comes down to, when you make these decisions, like Tony's saying, he's got all these decisions he has to make. A lot of it is based on the type of software he has. So that's the key right there. And this also brings back into the conversation just a little bit 
a topic from a few weeks ago about the Chromebook. And if you think of everything that you do on a daily, nightly basis when you're home with your home laptop, your home desktop, you may find that you could escape the confines of Windows and all their vulnerabilities and all their headaches and empty promises and do something like a Linux. Do you use Google or Yahoo? Then do you use their services? Do you use uh, Yahoo, I think, owns Flickr, I think, which is a photo thing. Google has uh, you know, Picasa and Google Drive. And, and, and you know what exactly are you doing? And is it mostly or totally web-based? You know, people ask me, you know, I'm going to buy a new computer. Should I buy Office? And I say, well, you have options. If you like Office, you might want to consider Office 365. Minimum, one user, five bucks a month, and you get everything, including a license for, I think, is it three computers or five computers, Tony? I'm not sure. I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Okay, I think it's either... Three or five, like like if you're buying a five dollar a month subscription to Office 365, and we use it here on the show, it, it, it it's great. It's everything. Right. right. And it also comes with you could actually go. Okay, I have an Office 365 account, and it will give you a license key for up to three, like an open license for three seats, three computers. So you have basically put the actual Office program on three computers in your house. Or you can use OpenOffice, or you could use Google Docs, Google Sheets, you know, the Google Office. You have some options. So, I'm just not sure about Windows 10 anymore. I don't know, you know, I don't know. So, so that's Windows 10. That's my story in... I have to stick to it because there's nothing else to stick to on that. And it is it is sticky and it smells that story from Microsoft. But anyway, we'll post it one way or another. Last thing I'd like to discuss is uh, Google. Google is trying to free you from your cell phone plan. What? What did he just say? <laughs> In April, Google unveiled Project Fi. It's a new wireless service. That Google claims will deliver faster speeds and better coverage with a unique economical approach to pricing. Okay, so what is Project Fi? Google's effort to ensure that everyone has access to high-speed wireless network at all times. Because, uh, you know, today, everything's connected, right? Everything's connected. This cell phone of mine, this cell phone of mine has everything. And on weeks like I'm having at work, I'm blowing out half the battery a day. And brand new so, uh, iPhone 6, by the way. I'm using up 40 to 50% of the battery because I use this sucker like a computer all day long. My mail, messaging, chat, my office stuff, you know, it's all on here. And uh, so we need that information quickly. I need to have it. Okay. So in addition to offering a high-speed data service, they also want to make it more affordable. You know, they want to bill uh, differently than other plans. Instead of paying for a monthly data plan, Google's going to charge you only for the data that you actually use at a predictable flat rate. 
Sounds interesting. So, what does that all mean? Well, you know, we have to wait till they actually unra- un- unravel it and everything, but uh, basically... Uh, this is what the company is saying. It takes a fresh approach to plans and pricing. There's only one available plan, and it really doesn't get any simpler than this. No annual contract, and the charge is based on usage. First part of the plan, five basics. $20 a month. Includes unlimited domestic talk and text, unlimited international text, low-cost international call, uh, calls, Wi-Fi tethering, and coverage in more than 120 countries. Beyond that, it's $10 per gigabyte of data. So that's $10 for 1 gig, $20 for 2 gig, etc. But here's the interesting part. This is where it gets interesting. You're only paying for the data you actually use. And you'll be credited for any rollover data in the next payment period. So if you're on the 2 gig plan for 20 bucks a month and I only use 1 gig, then you're going to get $10 back on your following month's bill. So what's the drawbacks? Uh, well, right now you have to have a Nexus 6. A Nexus 6. Okay, it's keeping uh, the Project Phi exclusive to Nexus, Nexus 6. That is tough for me to say tonight uh, because the device supports a wide array of LTE networks. So if you're using other devices, you're going to have to wait. So if you like your iPhone, you can't do this, you know, that kind of thing. But it's going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be interesting to watch. So, interesting uh, uh, point there, and uh, you know, I've, I I'm not familiar with the with Nexus Six. I don't know if one of you guys are. So it's not a phone that I can say that I have seen or see on a regular basis. I don't know how it compares. I guess it's an Android phone because Androids are on the Google network anyway. I just don't know who may is that the manufacturer Nexus or is it like an LG Nexus? I don't know. So personally, I'll probably look into it more just to see. I would like them to branch out the iPhone. I don't see why they couldn't. I know iPhones are on the LTE network, so if the if if they're if they're sticking with the Nexus Six because it covers a wide array of LTE plans, well, I mean, if if the iPhone covers LTE, then why can't the iPhone get onto this wireless? Plan? I mean, no annual contracts. That's like thirty or forty bucks a phone. Right now, we're paying like. On Verizon, we're paying about 80 bucks a phone. Plus, this, like the service fee. You know, like the family plan, which is like uh, 80-some dollars among all of us. It breaks down to like $17 a person. That gets expensive. Yeah, it does. So... And they always try to find that they, they always try to find an extra way to just say, "Oh well, by the way, you've got an Android, so you've got to pay an extra twenty five dollars or an extra thirty dollars because you've got a smartphone." Right. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, <sighs> and half the time, if you go to some of these. Like mass marketing stores like Walmart or something, they don't even set you up on the right plan. It looks like it works. Right. So two hours later, when the system finally recognizes you have a phone, all of a sudden your phone stops working. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, I mean, if you don't if you don't go to a qualified store, 
you know, like a Verizon store or even, you know, going to something like a Radio Shack, you know, which are qualified Verizon representatives, you know, or trained anyway. They're still Radio Shack employees. But, again, like a big Radio retailer, Shack. the big box stores. Yeah. Well, no, there's, there's still some open. They're keeping some open. I noticed on their website last week, by the way, Radio Shack said, you know, they're, for, uh, for some part, they're not going anywhere. So apparently they're going to continue somehow. I don't know what I don't know what happened, but apparently there will be some staying. So anyway, on the way out, remember, starting June twenty seventh, folks. That's just in a couple of days. SMS notifications from Google Calendar will no longer be available. So if you had SMS notifications turned on, uh, you would see pop up notifications for your events. <clears throat> but it's going to stop. For uh, personal users. So on your mobile device, if you have a calendar app, um, make sure that you have it synced, okay? Because um, that's what they're doing. They're stopping it because smartphones have become so ingenious with their apps that the calendar app will notify you now. You're going to get an email notification as well. Your email is probably hooked up to your phone. So they're, they're counting on uh, most users syncing. But if you use Google Apps for work, education, government or enterprise, you will still get your SMS notifications if that's what you have turned on. So, all depends on how you use it, who you are. Uh, that, that functionality is going. And, and how much you want to pay for it. Also, uh, with Google, uh, if you go to Google Labs, you'll notice there is an unsend feature that you can turn on and uh, hold your message back for up to 30 seconds in case you change your mind. That's being actually moved out of labs and into the general part of your settings, which means it's graduating from being a lab. So kudos to them for that. I've never needed it. Who knows? Maybe you do. You know, the shame <laughs> of it is it should be longer than 30 seconds. It should be like 24 hours. Because, you know, you can sleep on it and go, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that to him. But anyway, <laughs> that about wraps up the show, which is great because my voice has already started to leave the door. So, uh, <laughs> thank everybody for listening. Remember, QIBRadioNetwork.com. That's where you can go and pick up the show notes. Podcast will be available in just a few moments after the show. And you can uh, share that link with people and say, hey, listen to this. This is awesome stuff. Uh, send us an email, techtalk at QIBRadioNetwork.com. That's how you can do that. And we uh, continue to strive to bring you uh, geekiness and fun and maybe teach you something while you're at it. So keep an eye out on the webpage and the Facebook for what's going on with Windows 10. But start thinking about things you might do, whether you really need it or not. Who knows, right? Anyway, I want to thank Ron for being here with me. Appreciate it, Ron. Of course, uh, Tony Richards behind that glass doing what he does. We appreciate that as well. And we will see you back here on Tech Talk Live next Wednesday. And then, happy computing. Good night, everybody.
You have been interfacing with Tech Talk, a weekly presentation of the QYB Radio Network. To contact the show, send us email at techtalk at qybradionetwork.com. See you next week.